Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them. Children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. There are rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Bad rum! Red rum! Number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. They're here! Hi, I'm Jackie, wanna play? And here's Johnny! I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Matu, Marada, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back. Oh! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all the podcasting, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. We are continuing, some might even say ending. Spooky season with a bang. Uh, this is going to be a really fun show. Uh, we are bringing in the big guns. Okay, we have called in our ringer for this week's episode. But first, before I introduce our special guest, let me introduce to you my right-hand man. The man is going to help try to keep the nerd and tot nerdy to us, joining us from somewhere in time and space via a DeLorean who's about to make up a fun nerd fact on the spot. It's the Doc. Did you know that there's at least four fingers on my right hand? What? <laughs> Actually, I did have a fun one. This is not, so this isn't things that my film class said. This is, uh, this does deal with a uh, student, though. I love that you finally introduced the topic of the week. Yeah. You don't have anything to say about the topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one's actually pretty funny. So I do a movie of the week and uh -huh. I put clues on my my whiteboard and I make them very vague on purpose. And uh, the, I also try to make them not too vague so that they can at least still try to guess and see what the, the movie of the week is. Uh, so this movie, this week's movie of the week is uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. And my three my three clues were nine friends who go on an adventure. The second clue was they don't get along at first, and the third clue was one doesn't sim or one doesn't just walk there. And it's a misquote, but I did that on purpose because I didn't want the exact quote. And there's a kid in my homeroom. He was trying to figure it out. You could see the gears turning. You could see him thinking about it. He finally got it. It came to his mind. He said, "Is it Lord of the Rings?" And I went, "Okay." But we got to be specific. It can't. There's three Lord of the Rings movies. And then there's three Hobbit movies. You got to. You really got to bring it out. Like you got to tell me the subtitle. So he said, is it the Lord of the Rings and the Sorcerer's Stone? <laughs> and 
I was like, that is the greatest combination ever. So now what I want is I want Lord of the Rings, but with all the Harry Potter characters. I'd watch I just want to keep doing incorrect subtitles like Lord of the Rings, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the way of water. See, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings, <laughs> the return of Michael Myers. Wait, what? Lord of the Rings and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> See, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, so we are here to talk, uh, sort of doing a state of the franchise of one of our favorite franchises, Halloween. And I say sort of, because it's going to be a little different. There's no Halloween movie out this year. Uh, and I forgot to look up if we did a review of, of the last one last year. Uh, so my bad. Uh, but some news has happened in the world of, of Halloween. I don't mean the ho- the holiday Halloween. I mean the, the film franchise Halloween with Michael Myers and the Shatner mask and the Stabby Stabby and the Lori Strode. And are you stuff. even going to introduce me at all? I I'm thought I was the it. big gun. I'm oh, getting okay. to it. My How bad. dare you interrupt me while I'm rolling? I'll sit back God, in my talk car. about. We're geez, here to talk, talk about, about jumping the shark and. <laughs> We're here to talk about Halloween, and we can't do that without our head honcho of all things Halloween. Ladies and gentlemen, he's super impatient. Please welcome back to the show. Grant is here. Hey, happy to be here. Exciting time. (sighs) We want Grant. We want Grant. We want Grant. He's so sweet. Take it. Always, always. Welcome back it. to the show, bud. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm always excited to talk Halloween for sure. Like I said, we can't talk this topic without bringing you in. It just doesn't work. That's love. It doesn't work. That's uh, so that lovely introduction, of the way. That's our topic. Uh, so, like I said, we don't have a new Halloween movie this year. So we're not doing our typical state of the franchise format, but we do have some news to talk about. But bef- so I, I think we're just going to jump into that. Uh, and and Grit, please jump in here. Ooh, if I get something wrong, because I'm going to try to streamline this as much as I can. Right. So the Halloween IP, the 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 property of Halloween, was just sold. Am I just? I mean, like a few days ago, like earlier this week, sold uh, to Miramax, who won a bidding war between itself, A24 Studios, and Bloomhouse for the rights, the specifically the television rights, to the Halloween franchise. Uh, they were being auctioned off by Trancus? Trancus? I don't know how you Trancus pronounce International, that. yeah. There you go. See, that's why Grit's here. Hmm. Uh, owned by uh, Malik Akkad, who is a longtime producer of the Halloween franchise. He's done everyone since uh, the fifth one, sixth one, sometimes somewhere Six. in there. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. Uh, but his dad was the one who started it when he funded the 1978 movie. Yeah, Mustafa Akkad, right? Yes. See, I know, I do my homework. Uh, so it's been a family business for quite some time. That's right. Um, so, 
they, they, and by they I mean Miramax, uh, now own the TV rights to Halloween, and they also have a stake in the film rights. This was a little confusing to me because back in the day, Miramax owned Dimension, and they put out like five of the Halloween movies, and then there was some corporate reshuffling kajiggery, and Miramax still has some kind of stake in the movie franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works either. It's okay, okay. All a bit confusing. I got very But the topic of late is the, the television thing, which, of course, we've never seen a Halloween TV series. Right, right. Uh, so, so Mark Helwig, the head of global TV at Miramax, which I didn't know Miramax did TV, uh, said, quote, we couldn't be more excited to bring Halloween to television. Uh, we are thrilled to expand our long and successful partnership with Trenkus and the brilliant Malik Akkad, not at all brown nosing, uh, in introducing this iconic franchise to, quote, a new form of storytelling and a new generation of fans. And that's what we're here to talk about today. And I guess the first thing to start with, what that trip me up? Is this whole new form of storytelling to a new generation? Specifically, that line about new generation. Didn't we just try to reach out to a new generation with the last three movies? Yeah, you would think that this generation, any generation alive right now, should be well aware of Halloween because, yeah, they put move three movies out in the last five years. So <laughs> I don't know what generation he's talking about. The new generation. It's the, the taste Pepsi of a new generation. generation. It's the Pepsi generation. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's the part that I'm kind of confused with. Because, like, and then, and then I got even because I was like, at first I read that, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Because, like, they don't own the movie rights. They just have the TV rights. So they're going to ignore all that. And then I was reading further because, you know, the, the movies were done by, like, Bloomhouse. In, in distributed by Universal, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. And then I can read. I'm like, oh yeah, Miramax owns a stake in that too. And I'm like, okay, now I'm very confused. Yeah. Um, and and I don't. So here's my my question, I guess. Grit is is given the track record of the last three Halloween movies being Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, uh, 2021 and 2022 respectively. Do we try to build on that? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Based upon the reception of Halloween ends and the general consensus that it was a misstep to to be real politically correct about it. Like why are you being I, so polite? Tell us how you really feel. That movie was trash and it was a slap in the face to the fans. And it was if you go back and rewatch the trailer for Halloween ends, it's promising you this this big showdown between Laurie and Michael. And then they pulled the old switcheroo by the time you get into the theater and you watch it. And it's like, you know, Laurie Cunningham movie and Michael's there too, which, you know, there was this, I got what they were doing with it. And I mean, I guess they, they've mentioned like, I don't know where to go from that other than to try to just say, oh, evil changes shape, which they said several times with. And so I don't know how you could expand upon this trilogy um, because they 
they got rid of Michael in the way that, you know, pretty much there's no coming back from it, right? So the idea of going from this trilogy to a TV series just doesn't really make sense. So I don't know how they anticipate doing that, but I don't think that having some other person feel the evil in Haddonfield and pick up the knife and be Michael Myers is is the right move. But that could be a way they would go. I have See a that? I have a I'll ideas. get to that. We'll we'll definitely get to the speculation it's, on what that'd be could. very Friday the thirteenth of them. Twould be, twould be rat a tat That's for you, Fletch. <laughs> uh, That's for you, baby. <laughs> this has been jokes for one. <laughs> quality stuff uh back up a, a sec there grit uh uh halloween ends yeah i just want to go on record because i've seen so many people try to defend that movie yeah. and they always inevitably compare it to halloween three season of the witch not the same thing. I just want to state for the record, okay? If you go back, go go to YouTube, okay? Uh, as Uncle Joe Bob would say, Google that fucker. <laughs> Nowhere in the advertising for Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, anywhere, do they even show an image or mention the name Michael Myers. Or they were not selling the anyway. movie. Yeah. They were selling the movie you got. Yeah. It just had the name Halloween in front of it, and you made your own assumption that Michael Myers would be in. Now, whether you're right or wrong to make that assumption, uh, unless you're living in a void and didn't see any of the advertisements, that was all on you. Right. I agree. And like my, my colleague said, the advertising for Halloween ends, all it was was Lori and Michael. Yeah. That's it. They promised every the movie poster, we didn't get. Every poster, every trailer, every TV spot, everything was just the epic conclusion, the final showdown. I mean, the freaking yeah. poster is them standing back to back. Yeah. You know, it's Where's not Corey? any of that advertising. Corey. Yeah. Also, who the fuck is Corey? Right. Exactly. Dude with a weird watching, looking face. And you're watching this movie. You're like, okay, this is kind of a long opening intro, but I guess this guy's going to be an important character somewhere down the road. Eventually, we're going to swing back around to Lori, right? Surely. Right? Lori. Lori's in this movie, right? Okay, oh, okay, there's Lori. Okay, okay. There's is 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 Michael Myers? You guys didn't remember to put Michael Myers in your Halloween movie, right? You're, Who? No. Huh? Eventually oh, they're five minutes in. Oh, there he is. Half dead in a sewer. Oh okay. Eventually you will have dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour. Hello. Hello. Jay's Hello. picking up when I'm putting it's that. right there. I really right hate there. that, man. Uh, that man named David Gordon Green. Um, there it is. It's it, it just, yeah. So, look, if you like the movie, fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I stand by my original review, which is the people who made that movie did not understand the assignment. Yeah. Uh, and, and we are not, and if you're using Halloween 3 as a comparison, you're, you're wrong. You're just you're a point. wrong. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I'm sick and tired of people. Well, see, he used the Halloween three font. It was a warning that we would do. Fuck you, fuck that's you. Not, yeah, exactly. That's that. That doesn't fly. That's a horseshit comparison. <laughs> yeah, they used the font. That's about it. 
And uh, and a spoiler for next week's episode that was supposed to be this week's episode. David Gordon Green. Uh, it took him three tries to kill the Halloween franchise. He did it to Exorcist in just one. <laughs> That's what I heard. That movie sucked, but we'll get to that next week. But uh, just just that. by the numbers here, uh, Halloween 2018, budget of ten million dollars, brought in two hundred and fifty nine point nine million dollars worldwide. Solid return. Huge return. That's crazy good money. That's Bloomhouse money. Mm-hmm. Halloween Kills 2021. Budget of $20 million. Okay. The first one made money. We're going to put some more money into it. Okay. Worldwide box office, 133.4. Okay. That's not bad. It's quite a drop. That's, that's a big drop. That's, a, that's yeah. about half. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Ends 2022. Budget of $33 million. I'm really? guessing COVID restrictions bumped that up a little bit. Yeah. Total box office worldwide, $104 million. Oof. I have, yeah. What's up, Jay? I have a question. Beings that I haven't seen any of these three movies. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Grit. Really, I am. I'm not that sorry. But anyway... Why wouldn't they just stop at the remake in 2018? Is it because it made so much money, or did he actually plan this as a trilogy? It was not a remake. I'm sorry. A sequel. The the sequel we deserved. It's a sequel this city needed but didn't deserve. No, wait. It's a sequel the city deserved but didn't need. We'll call it a requel. That's a good way to put it. Uh, why didn't they stop? They didn't stop because $259.9 million, Jay. Okay. That's why they didn't stop. Well, I just honestly didn't know if he had planned a trilogy or if it was, hey, look at all the money we made. Let's make two more. I, I it, don't, was, it was planned as a trilogy. I don't buy that. It was I, planned. Uh, they didn't have three scripts written, but it was planned as as a trilogy. Uh, say that. And they're sticking to that. I don't, I don't buy that. I know at least the second one was. Whenever they got done with the first one, they said, yeah, we're doing a second one. Now, it, maybe they didn't have a direction at the end of the second, which is kind of what it feels like. You know, It feels like you did, got a conclusion, and they didn't did, know what to do. Did the second one have direction at all? Because I've seen it. No, I like the second one. It's funny. I, I did Compared to the third one, I love the second one. Well, after I, I I was lukewarm on Kills, and then I saw Ends, and I'm like, wow, Kills is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so it definitely I mean, put it in perspective. But it, it's even if you enjoyed it, it meanders a lot. It does. But you're seeing Michael do what he's here to do, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here for it. He does indeed kill. Yeah, on exactly. On truth and advertising. Yeah, see? They didn't lie to us on that one. Um. I guess ends did eventually end, but whatever. It's neither here nor there. Yes, the credits <laughs> did stop rolling. The lights came back on in the theater. It was an end. <laughs> eventually, it did come to an end. Not soon enough, but it did. Oh, boy. So, anyway. Was, was yeah. it one of those thank God it's finally over type situations? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it really fell out my Good. I did like the the final scene. I love the song at the end. I liked what they were doing with the procession. And what I really want to see is somebody edit the end of Kills and then just cut straight to, like, the procession and then only have two movies. 
that was a, that's what I would love to see. And just yep. skip ninety five percent of ends, be just fine with that. That works. Anyway, <sighs> we'll look forward to some fan edits then. Yes, if I knew uh, how to do that, I would do it. So yeah, no, we uh, <laughs> we we are not just here to bash on Halloween ends. Uh, <laughs> in addition to that, <laughs> ah, that movie just pissed me off. That this not not since the Predator has a movie actively just angered me. It was so bad. <laughs> the Predator. Nice. Does it yeah. come in a size forty two long? That's my new suit. Is that you? from the Predator? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I did not see the Predator. Oh, Don't. it's bad. It's just okay. trying to trigger John. That's all I'm trying to do. It's very bad. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, so. Topic at hand. We're here to talk about, believe it or not. So Halloween, Miramax has the TV rights. Uh, they also have maybe partial movie rights, so they could theoretically do more movies or have a hand in future movies. But if you're going to do a Halloween TV show, boys, what do you do? Pop quiz, hot shot. You just spend an undisclosed amount of money to buy the Halloween TV rights from Malik Akkad. Now you have to make a Halloween TV show. What do you do? What do you do? So, uh, let's see. A couple, a couple, I got, I got a couple ideas. Fletch, I figured you, you would. would. If you want to jump in on this one first, that's fine. Um, well, so, I'll, I'll we'll roll with it. You you go and we. Yeah, I've got I've got three, but I'm sure we're thinking it along parallel lines. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we will meet somewhere on these. So the thing that I've heard, or the the wording that I've seen in headlines, is they want to do a cinematic universe. Which, of course, first thing you think of is like the MCU. You know, that's kind of the template for cinematic universes i feel like you know um tv and film so i guess my question is like what does that mean and there's been a couple of little crazy ideas that i've heard from people and one is that like they would take the different unfinished threads and give them all endings so like you know, at the end of Halloween five, there's this happening where he's locked up, right? We got they they come and they kidnap Jamie and they got Michael locked up and then you know it kind of goes into six. Well, six kind of has a very ambiguous ending. So one thing they might do, which they probably won't, but would be kind of interesting is if they went back to all those dead ends throughout the series and kind of gave them conclusions like you know the end of resurrection was a was a cliffhanger you know maybe they're going to come back and bring Buster rhymes back or uh you know but i don't think that's going to happen but whenever they say cinematic universe i don't understand what that means but so curious about it first of all i would love to live in a world where we put money behind shooting unfinished endings for movies that ended ambiguously let's do it uh, I have a feeling that's not going to happen. It'd be fun. That sounds like the most fanboy spewing out word vomit on the internet stuff I have heard all day. It's, pretty, it's a lot of that. Yeah. 
And I don't blame him. I get it. But that sounds like, you know, if you were on the Ghostbusters GB fans message boards circa 2002, uh, that's the kind of crap you'd get. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What about this one part? Or what if we took this episode of Real Ghostbusters and made it into a, okay, okay, sure, buddy. Okay, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to put multi-million dollar projects behind that. Sure. Let's do it. Again, I'd love to live in a world where like, you know what? Yeah, no, we're going to do that. Somebody call up, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of names. Crap, dude from uh, Halloween 6. Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Somebody, yeah, somebody call up Paul Rudd real quick. We got an idea. We're going to we finish off right. Halloween 6. Damn right. He's but in Halloween 6? Yeah. Nice. Really? That was introducing. That was his first uh, uh, Clueless might have been before Halloween 6, but it, they were right there neck and neck. In my uh, didn't he, he shot Halloween first, but Clueless came out first? Sounds right. Yeah, okay. that would that would make sense. Grit, you're going to be wildly unimpressed with my knowledge on Halloween. I have seen I, all of one movie. so I am already wildly unimpressed with some things but i will always be impressed with you but always so jay okay. i think we're both if you're only going to see one movie of the 13 they've made jay you pick the right one to watch at least okay that so yeah. this this is here's here's my here's a thought i had yeah and because i'm at a disadvantage because i haven't seen the latest three because am i correct in saying that basically Halloween 2018 is supposed to be like sort of a direct sequel to the original. Exactly a direct sequel. Is that the idea? Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to do a TV show and it's going to be a Halloween TV show, why not have like alternating viewpoints of like, what is Lori doing between these times? And what is Michael doing between these times? That could be interesting. You know what yeah, I mean? You've, like, hit, you've hit very close to a couple of my ideas on that one. Like, you you know, because there's such this this gap in between what's going on. Um, why not fill in the gap? The four so, years in between. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, I had. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. So the obvious way to go. And I'm sure our mileage on this will vary. Is just to do another reboot. Uh, we tried it in 2007 with Rob Zombie. Uh, results were mixed. Will be nice. Say mixed. Um, maybe it's worth a clean slate again. Uh, as much as I love reboot cools and and bringing back OG stars. Uh, for more than just a cameo, Jurassic World. Um, maybe a clean, fresh start is the way to go. So if you're going to reboot Halloween in 2025, whenever they get around to it, telling the story of the original film, but in a modern era. So you get to recast Lori and Loomis, and, and you get to flesh out, a, especially because, again, we're talking not a movie, but we're talking TV series. So say you've got eight to ten episodes, an hour apiece on a streaming service. That gives you eight to ten hours to tell the story of the original Halloween. Think of how much more you could flesh out every character, every plot thread that's kind of thrown out there via dialogue, but never really followed up on. You could do almost the entire first episode on just young Michael. 
leading up to him going to them, uh, the the mental hospital. You could spend an entire episode of Michael as a kid in the hospital meeting Loomis for the first time. You know, uh, you could spend loads of time with Lori and her friends and the high schoolers. You could flesh out characters like I don't know Ben Tramer who get mentioned but never seen. Uh, you could really take your time and and um, now again you're selling a Halloween thing, so you'd have to figure out a way to kind of cram in a little bit of that slasherness every episode to not bore your fans to death. Um, but I think trying to figure out how you would make Halloween work in a modern setting would be interesting. Think kind of, I don't know if you guys have watched the MTV's cream series. I don't know if you're familiar with the scream franchise at all. Can you tell me about it? I've never heard of that one. Uh, it's this mediocre movie from the nineties. Ouch. Do I have a cool scream alliteration name? Uh, you do, but I forgot the supreme something of all things scream. That sounds right. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I can dig that. I like that show. I like the first two seasons. Yeah. Hell, I wish they'd have done the third season following the Brandon James storyline. You know what you, what you got, Jay? I, I was just gonna say Commander Cox isn't here to, or Commander Scott isn't here to say this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it for him. You could have an entire episode of him driving around in the station wagon. Yeah, That's, multiple of them. That. I love that. I love where your head's at. It's multiple like 100 miles to between Smith's Grove and Haddonfield. You could just have a whole episode of just him in the car. What music is he listening <laughs> just, to? No, no, he's listening to a podcast. He's listening to, like, my favorite yeah, murder pod, podcast. It's current age. Yeah. <laughs> This very podcast. We're just going to strap a camera to the hood of a station wagon and have him drive from Smith's Grove to Haddonfield. In real time. POV. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's listening to a football game on the radio. It's like, it's the entire episode. He switches it off because he hates freaking Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> some heavy breathing. Exactly. All right, so... Here's, here's, here's another thing I was thinking. Have you watched, have either of you watched, the new Goosebumps show on Hulu or Disney Plus. I have not, but I've heard oh. good things. It is freaking awesome. They did. They like. I've only watched two full episodes, and or like two, one, one. And, I don't know, one and a half ish. I fell asleep, but it was not because of the show. The show's awesome. But what they do in the very opening scene is. So if you look at the the book titles, they're so they're modern. It's a modern retelling of the books, right? With embellishments, and it's a little bit more hardcore than the '90s show we were used to, and definitely more hardcore than the books themselves. But if you look at the title of the ones that they've released, and you look around the opening scene, you see the camera from "Say Cheese or Die," you uh, or "Say Cheese and Die." You see the haunted mask in that scene. You see uh, worms in that scene from like eight worms or whatever that one's about. Um, so my point is that and then each episode is those books, but it's all together in this same universe, which is, you know, kind of coming back to that cinematic universe they keep talking about. What I think could work is, of course, we know that Halloween three was supposed to be the beginning of an anthology series where each movie was a different Halloween themed story. And I think that doing something like with that goosebumps, what they're doing along with an anthology TV series could work. Great. Yes, sir. 
in the parlance of this show. What did I do? Did I do You son of a bitch, that was mine. <laughs> that I was me, Jason. Uh nice right good. there, number three on my list. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Was bring back a season of the Witch Style Anthology show. There you go. I am with you. Yeah. Uh, it was ahead of its time back in 82, but audiences are much more primed for an anthology style show. Yep. Uh, look at American Horror Story and Black Mirror and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, the only thing with this is the title is critical because that's yeah. what screwed it over the first time. If you're going to keep the name Halloween into it, you've got to get a much better uh, subtitle so people understand what they're walking into. So yeah. something like uh, Halloween Tales of Terror, Halloween Silver Shamrock Stories, <laughs> um, Halloween Saga of Sam Hain. I don't know. Wow. Whatever you want to call awesome. it. Uh, you you got to make it clear that this is Halloween and then stories or tales or chapters or whatever so people understand this isn't a Michael Myers thing. Uh, but I think that'd be an interesting way to go, especially if you're trying to do the whole shared universe thing. Because yeah. yeah, you could you could even, and I know some might say this is blasphemy, but you could even redo or follow up on the story from Halloween Three, which yeah. talked about a cliffhanger ending, and yeah. reintroduce the Silver Shamrock Corporation and 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 the whole uh, Wiccan cult thing and and all that kind of stuff. And you could. Again, every episode would be its own story, but all these things could eventually be kind of woven together or, or like you said with the Goosebumps, they're all in the same universe. They're just not happening in the same place in the same universe. Um, but yeah, as long as they're somehow tied into to traditions or myths or superstitions about Halloween, that would be an awesome series. Yeah. Yeah, and you I mean, I couldn't in... even... Go ahead. You could bring in all kinds of cool guest directors and hype it up that way. Like, I'm sure Jordan Peele would do an episode. Think about, oh, yeah, this week's episode is from Jordan Peele. You could bring in all kinds of great talent uh, in front of him, behind the camera, uh, and really get more bang for your buck. You could do seasons. You know, uh, Black Mirror does like three episode seasons occasionally. Uh, so you could you could make them as long as short as you want them to be. They could be many you know like short films if you want them to. It gives you a lot of freedom to work within. Um, again, as long as you make sure you're 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 advertising it correctly. Yeah, uh, I think people are going to be a little bit uh, uh, gun shy as far as the marketing of a Halloween movie. So hope they don't screw that up again. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, especially, I mean, you, you see so much love for Halloween 3 nowadays, and especially like the Silver Shamrock iconography, you know, the Sil- Silver Shamrock t shirts and the masks are everywhere and they're on t shirts and stuff. Like, you could, I think, I mean, and maybe not right out of the gate, uh, you know, you just bought Halloween, maybe this shouldn't be your first project, but maybe you do one of the other things we're, we're, we're talking about, like the reboot uh, uh, show or the in-between show, and then you eventually come out with this down the road, I think it could work. I'd love to see it, like a meta Scream style Halloween 3, like, you know, in our world. That was, you know what I mean? Like, uh, where it, where that that popularity exists 
but in the universe of the actual Halloween three, that'd be cool. I think you know. Yeah, because what was what was the name of that movie from Scream Two? Was it Stab or Slash? Stab. Yeah. 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 So I I think it'd be cool to uh, you know what would happen if somebody else picked up the the thing where Connell Cochran left off and. Somebody wanted to murder a bunch of kids by melting their brains into snakes and bugs, Ray. I still, I, honestly, I think that story works even better nowadays in the age where everybody's walking around with a smart device on. Yeah, like for sure. The notion of uh, selling, you know, Halloween masks with computer chips is a little out there. But hey, here's your cool new uh, smart integrated Halloween mask. Isn't that cool, kids? Like, yeah, that totally works nowadays. For sure. Yeah, I'd love to see a requel uh, of Halloween 3. That'd be cool. Or poor movie never got the love it deserved. Well, it is okay. okay. It's better than it used to be. So being the 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 filthy casual that I am about Halloween. So Halloween 3 had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Correct. Correct. But it was still titled Halloween. Also correct. Halloween season of the witch. So their their idea at the time, Jay. So after the first two movies, Carpenter and correct me if I get off off uh, off top or uh, off off gear here. Um, Carpenter was basically done with it, and the ending of Halloween two, in his mind, both Loomis and Michael Myers are both dead. They're no explosion. They're dead. They're done. Over with. We're finished. But it made money, so the studio wanted another one. So somebody came up with the idea of hey. It just it doesn't have to have Michael Myers. We just have to have a movie, a horror movie that's somehow about or related to Halloween. So they wrote a completely new script that had nothing to do with Michael Myers or Laurie or Haddonfield or any of that kind of stuff. Entitled it um, Season of the Witch. And the studio is like, well, you got to call it Halloween 3 Season of the Witch because we want people to know this is Halloween 3. And they're like, yeah, but 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 it's not. <laughs> So they did. It was, it was released as Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. And again, on the posters and then the ads and everything, there's no Michael Myers anywhere. But people went into it expecting it to be a full-on Michael Myers thing, and it wasn't. And for years afterwards, people bitched, well, that's the one that doesn't have Michael Myers. It's dumb. And, like, completely wrote it off just because Michael Myers isn't in it. Gotcha. Yep. For years, only hardcore nerds like Grit knew or cared about Halloween 3. Yeah. And if they knew anything, they usually hated it just because he wasn't in it. Most of the time, people would not even give it a chance. And, you know, it's a a good, fun, like, sci-fi, Halloween-themed horror movie. I mean, I I just, I love, love it to death. But, you know, it's just not in the same category as... It, it just stands on its own. Three okay. J is about a guy who discovers a plot by a Halloween novelty company called Silver Shamrock to stop me if I get off your grit. Take over the world by selling kids rigged Halloween masks that all have a piece of Stonehenge inside them. And then at a certain time on midnight, they're going to broadcast a signal over TV that will activate that piece of Stonehenge and turn all of the kids' heads into bugs and snakes and stuff? 
Yeah, I don't think his what's even more nefarious is that I don't even think his intention was to take over the world. He at some point he says, "This is the greatest prank of all, a prank on the children." I think he just wanted to murder children. Like I think that's what this dude's ultimate goal was. He's like, there hasn't been a sacrifice on Samhain for three thousand years, and it's about time there's another one. So we're gonna sacrifice all these children on halloween nice so yeah world domination i don't even think was was the goal i think he just was a very dedicated pagan that wanted you're to, right that's uh, me bringing my own baggage into it Greg. you're right you're right yeah <laughs> the, the virgin county swales <laughs> joe <laughs> uh, uh you know Another thing I think people might be interested in, and I'm just spitballing here, is sort of like what Star Wars was doing with their TV series, where yeah. they kind of they pick a character and just stick with that character for a series and build that story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would, yeah, that would be interesting because... The problem with with trying to redo the original in in you know TV series season format is just we've seen it so many times and even eighteen had so many elements of the original like there's the he escapes the bus crash you know we got the new Loomis we you know what I mean like there that it's it's almost as much of a remake in different ways so I just worry about seeing that and so like. I think following an individual character wouldn't lead us very far in this type of situation. Unless you did pick some extreme character that we don't know much about, like Connell Cochran. You know. So well, fine. If, fine, just shoot down my idea. God, jeez. People these uh, days, I tell you. I, I think we just did, yeah. Yeah, that just happened. Dicks. Uh... <laughs> My other pitch, and I'm not as crazy about this one, but I'll get into a while later, is if you're trying to expand things out and you're trying to look for gaps in the original story to fill in and fill a series around, there's one show that I never got into, but I'm told by a lot of people was really good, and that's Bates Motel. Yeah. Which was basically the extended origin of Norman Bates. So what if we took that same kind of idea and did a sort of prequel series set between the prologue and the main events of Halloween one, where we see uh, a younger Loomis meeting Michael Myers for the first time, developing their relationship. Uh, um, and we get into why when we see Loomis in the original Halloween, he is so dead out that this kid is pure evil. Uh, and and, and uh, more than just the great monologues we get, but like actually pay that off. Like, how does he go from I'm a child psychiatrist and I'm here to help you, Michael, to this kid's evil, we got to kill him? Sort of like, um, uh, so taking the opening of the Rob Zombie one and extending that idea. No, no, nothing like Rob Zombie, and how <laughs> dare you bring that name up. Well, but I mean the idea. Shame. The I kind of shame. Kind of I see what you're saying because it's like, what is happening? So they did a comic series, and I don't know how many 
issues it was for Halloween where it did take place in the hospital and Michael was just there, but there were mysterious things happening. You know, there's a kid that drowned at a Halloween party in the thing. And so we see a little bit of that, which could be interesting, but it, it, they would have to make it in a way that, you know, Michael is an antagonist. When a lot of times what we just see of Michael and we think about him in the asylum is he's just sitting in a chair staring out the window or staring at a wall. You know what I mean? So I think if they could make him a viable antagonist, that's like the only way that could work. Otherwise, it's just going to be Loomis talking to Michael and what? I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I would well, be interested maybe, to see that. Maybe he's the one who drowned the kid at the pool part or at the party. You know, maybe. Michael. What? What, John? I think that was the implication. Yes. Michael's still killing kids and he like talked some kid into biting his tongue off and some kid got messed up in the shower. It's it's not a bad little series. I think it came out in the early 2000s. I, I got the first two issues of it. I don't know how many there were, but it did explore that a little bit more and it did make it kind now, of intriguing. That, that is a show as just like having only seen the first movie and uh, I now recall seeing parts of the Rob Zombie movie. Uh, what, John? Don't shake your head at me. Um, not shaking my head at you. I'm. I know. I'm sorry that that's all I've seen, but like that's what it reminds me of because that. And I know he didn't do a good job of it, but I'm saying that idea of expanding upon his conversations with Michael throughout the that time frame, and like if you combine that with what Grit was saying about the comic series, I think yeah. as somebody who doesn't really know a whole lot about this this series of movies, that would be a fresh start. That would be an interesting, like, way to go about a TV show. Like, you do you do a combination of... It's, it's not an anthology, per se, in the fact that it's different stories every time, but it's Michael doing something different every time. But it also checks off the box of, like... It checks off the box of you saying, hey, what's the what's going on between Loomis first meeting him to why is he pure evil? It checks off the box of uh, kind of checks off the box of filling in gaps that are missing and you develop him as a terrible, terrible person. So that way, when you get to the 1978 movie, you go, oh, this is why he's such a terrible person. There's also that's, one that's piece. Oh, go ahead, sorry, buddy. I was just saying, I think I do think that that's interesting. There's also one piece of information I think should be reintroduced into the lore, because um, I think it it lends some credence to the to the further series and and would be an interesting plot development for our little series that we're cooking up, which is you know between. Uh, Michael be killing his sister and 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 his rampage against Lori and her friends. And I might get some pushback on this because it's kind of controversial. But the entire idea that Lori is actually Michael's sister, yeah, because this is something that the second movie introduces kind of late into the second movie, and it's yeah. done very like haphazardly almost like it's a conversation in the back of a car yeah 
Like it never really has quite the weight you think it should for something that big to be revealed. Um, I think you could, and I know that it, it's 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 something a lot of sequels have been built on, and it's something that a lot of people were, you know, when the 2018 movie came out, it did away with that, and that was, uh, you know, very brave and bold and controversial to throw that aside. But I think it could be done well, and it could be done to strengthen Michael's character. Uh, and, and to add some more uh, complexity to the story, uh, I, I, I don't think it was handled particularly well in pretty much any of the movies that did it. Yeah. It's, sorry, that's always been one of my big questions. Is like having seen the first one, I guess I never really got answered the question: Why is he after Lori and her friends? You know what so, I mean? One, and like one, go ahead sorry great well i was just gonna say one theory is just that she was the one that brought the key to his house and she was a 17 year old girl just like his sister that he murdered and he just became fixated with her the from the first time he saw her at at his house and i think that's something that like like what what john said of Maybe you could reintroduce that lore of her being, and maybe not full-blooded sister. Maybe it's a half-sister. Or maybe it is a full-blooded sister, and the one he murdered was his half-sister. You know what I mean? Something that, like... I think... Something. (laughs) So, I was... I was fully, like, team brother and sister. And I just... Whenever they said that they were no longer brother and sister, I could not hardly unsee it you know what i mean until i watched the movie and then i was like okay they convinced me and now it's hard for me to go back in and see them as siblings it's i think the back and forth is too much of a like mind trip for your audience and there's there's two reasons i'm gonna put down the project i just pitched i don't know so Number one, if you spend too much time trying to get to know little Mikey Myers and why he did what he did and why he's going to do what he goes on to do, it takes a lot of the mystique away from that character. Because part of why that first movie worked so well is we have no idea why he picked Lori. Or yeah. why he suddenly killed his sister one night. Or, or again, there's no rational, logical, easy motivation for why he's doing anything. And that will always be a thousand times more frightening than if you try to make him a sympathetic character whose dad was abusive and his mom you know, came from poor white family. You know, all the Rob Zombie shit. Uh, where he tried to make Michael Myers somehow a sympathetic character before introducing Lori and the teenagers who should be sympathetic characters and making them not sympathetic. Anyway, anyway, I hate the Rob Zombie movie, but you run the risk of, of diluting the character if you explain too much or fill in too much or rationalize too much. So this project would have to walk a very fine line. Yeah. I guess I, uh, my thought on it 
when you pitched it, John wasn't that he's trying. It wouldn't be trying to make him a sympathetic character. It would just be like him just murdering kids. You know what I mean? Like, and basically it isn't so much the development of Michael Myers and making him a sympathetic character. It would be fleshing out Loomis. You know what I mean? Lots like, of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff with Loomis there. Of, of Again, how do you go from I'm a child psychiatrist here to help you to not nope, he's evil. And we have to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I feel like that. I think if you twisted what you're saying, where you fill in those gaps and necessarily you don't necessarily turn him into a a character with a backstory, like not Michael Myers. It's just he's still just Michael Myers. But we're trying to get to understand, like, we're Loomis in this series. You know what I mean? We are, the audience is Loomis. We're learning the same things at the same time he is. Just, we're learning that there's no point. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he thinks he's pure evil is, like, there's no rhyme or reason to Michael Myers. The other thing I think would be interesting with Michael, and this is where I would focus a lot of the development, is is again not on trying to make him sympathetic, or to rationalize or understand what why he does what he does. But again, look at the first movie. We see him when he's a kid, and then again when he's in his twenties or thirties, uh, you know, full grown man. And for a serial killer, he seems to have a pretty solid mo uh, and lots of skills. And, you know, staging bodies dramatically, and and, uh, he's clearly been hit in the gym. Um, So, yeah, the interesting part, I think, for for Mikey Myers is how do you go from A to B? So his, as far as I'm concerned, if I was writing it, his, his only development would be literally his evolution as a killer. Learning new techniques learning new skills and trades and, and advice from other bad kids or uh, other serial killers or whatever. Literally, how did he evolve to being the beast he is when he gets out, when he escapes uh, over time? That's the development you give to Michael. At least if that's I'm That's interesting. Right, that's what I do. Hmm. That, and I then think... perhaps we could finally answer who gave him lessons on how to drive that car? That's right. It was that one kid. Have you ever seen that uh, Funny or Die thing where they got no. Kane Hodder playing Michael Myers and he's learning how to drive? He's giving him driving lessons. It's pretty funny. Um, I think ultimately, whenever you're talking about these prequel shows, is the question you got to ask is, does the audience want to see Michael Myers without a white mask? I mean, is that something that people want to see or do they just want to see Michael in full form doing his thing, murdering people? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think you're very right. And and that's that's the the, again, I'm pitching this idea. That doesn't mean I'm 100 percent on board with it. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood producer head on and think where would they go? Yeah. Maybe you never show his face. That's kind of what they did in the the Bloomhouse trilogy. I mean, they they show his face a bit, but at the same time, you can't really ever fully visualize what his face looks like. So they'll show snippets of it. They'll show like little angles of it. But uh, 
you know, you know what I mean? Like if you were doing this prequel in between thing, just you know, I you can shoot it clever enough that and cut it in a way that you get the idea that this is Michael Myers just without having to see his face. Right. I don't know. The reveal is he has a skin condition and his face is just that white. <laughs> the reveal funny. is it's actually William Shatner. Under actually William, William Shatner. <laughs> Did y'all ever hear the story? He took his daughter trick-or-treating dressed as Michael Myers one year, which I thought was hilarious. So he wore a mask of himself? Pretty much, yeah. Wider eye holes and that's it. Did he sing Rocket Man? Probably. Did he ever sing Rocket Man? All right, that's fair. He did something with Rocket Man, something magical with Rocket Man. So, you know. Uh, No, I think. I think, and this is the thing that trips me up, is, and, and it's something Grit brought up, is, is the whole, they keep talking about a shared universe. To which I'm like, okay, shared with whom? The mom. Like, well, it's, it's the problem with trying to, again, and, and maybe we're too locked into the MCU, but like, name other than maybe Lori and Loomis, any other character interesting enough to develop their own series around and then bring them together in some kind of culminative event thing. Like this franchise Uh, is centered very strongly around Michael Myers. We got Charlie from Dangertainment. They could do a whole series on him. Buster Rhymes. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. I said that. I apologize. You know, Bring him back. Why not? Sure. <laughs> what else we got going on? Uh, See, there the, you go. The, One of our episodes of our anthology show is about Dangertainment. Perfect. I love it. What's he up to now after he went yep. kung fu on Michael Myers' ass? Where's he been? Ugh. Sorry. Yeah, I don't... That's the inherent problem with trying to do with like to try to make this an expanded whatever universe is like it's and again grit already said like we, we kind of go keep going back to the original story because that's the most interesting story there is like without getting overly complicated and throwing you know thorn cult lore and shit into it like there's only so much you can do with that story that's why it works so well is it's a very basic simple story yeah well it's I mean, I just I'm thinking about like the Batman movies and how like how many times have we seen Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered? Like we know that story. We've seen it often. But then the Batman didn't show that. But we still all throughout the movie, even if you didn't know Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered, they they let you know Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered without showing you. So it's like, how can Halloween do something like that? How can it tell us? A story without just rehashing that same story that we've already seen several times. I don't know. I don't know. There is there's one avenue I feel like uh, was really interesting 
in Halloween Kills that they could have done more with and they ultimately did kind of nothing with in, in Ends, which is... Because for a while in Kills, you get flashbacks to the original night back in 78. And you mm-hmm. see the events of the film that we know, sort of Back to the Future 2-ish, uh, played out from different angles, different points of view. Yeah. You know, we see what the, the rest of the Sheriff's Department in town is up to that night. And and to me, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I kind of dig where we're going here. We're filling in backstory for characters, but it's set during the original. Like, it's still the, the that night when he's on a rampage. Like, and again, it was done to sort of build up the whole evil dies tonight, how he's touched everyone's lives and impacted everyone's lives. And they kind of rushed through it. But that wouldn't be a bad idea for a show. And then, you know, lead up to, you know, trying the evil dies tonight thing, but make it work this time. Um, of of just, again, kind of an anthology of it. It's, it's that night in 78 and he's on his rampage, and how do people in the town react? I think that would be interesting. I thought that was one... I think another reason for the flashback at the beginning of Kills is just to reiterate the fact that your class, your 1980, uh, 81 original... Was it 81? 78. No, I'm talking about the original Halloween 2. Uh, yeah, 81. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was another way of them to just kind of really reiterate, like, hey, we're changing the lore. Just so you didn't know, this is what we're... I mean, it sets up the stuff with Sheriff Hawkins and does all that. But it's also very much like, this is what actually happened. Forget your Halloween, too. But I think that what was interesting, and even in Ends, was at the when they're talking about the effect that he had on the town and just how there was this kind of infection... I thought that concept was interesting. And honestly, if they would have had little Corey McGee, like bring Michael back and restore his whatever, and then just have Michael do his fucking thing. Like I could have handled Corey McGee in the first third of the film and then bring Michael back and then let him do his thing and give us the rest of the movie that you fucking promised us. But that's not what happened. But I do think that seeing that perspective would be interesting because I did think that was interesting from you know the way that they did that in You brought it up, so I'm going back there. Uh, what they should have done in ends, and by should, I mean they should not have done this, but I would have respected it more for it. So if 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 kills is evil dies tonight, like that's the theme of the movie, right? Evil dies tonight. <laughs> The theme of ends, we're, we're told, is evil never dies, it just changes shape. Which, A, points for clever word usage. Lols. Because the shape is what they refer to Michael Myers in in the script, Jay. I don't know if you knew that. because you're not I'm, f- I'm familiar. Okay, 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 okay. So, what would have been ballsy, and I wouldn't have liked it, but I at least would have respected him for doing this, when uh, Corey finds Michael Myers in a sewer, Michael's dead. And Corey just takes the mask because no one knows who's under the mask. So when Corey starts going on his rampage, all anyone in town knows is Michael Myers is back because evil doesn't die. It just changes shape. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't I would. have liked it, but I would have respected him for sticking to their plot thread. Because even then, at the end of Ends, both Michael Myers and Corey are dead. So yeah, Evil did die. Uh, Red Ted Tui. Love that. Exactly. Put that, 
Put that right on top. Beautiful. That's the episode title. Rat Tatooie. Beautifully done. And then everybody's going to think it's about Friday 5 and there's going to be yeah. mass confusion because of terrible marketing. See, we're learning. Everybody's going to be like, oh, I tuned in for my Friday 5 episode and then they start talking about Halloween. You're going to have a ride on Rat Tatooie. Rat Tatooie. Start the damn car. Yeah. Ah, I love it. In this week's episode, enchilada recipes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's my Halloween ends rant again. Um, I love it. It's but it, yeah, it, it, I feel like there are some cool avenues in, in kills that never really got explored. And then obviously, not to sound like a um, shitty internet Star Wars fan, but uh, hey, Redcon Halloween ends and give us the movie you promised, you bastards. Uh, I'm done with that. Give us conclusion to any of the storylines you set up in Halloween ends. Yeah. Or sorry, I'm Halloween kills. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here for it. Lori dealing with the death of her daughter at the hand of Michael, which we never really circle back around to. Sheriff, uh, what's his name? Vowing uh, uh, Michael's got to die and I'm the one who's got to kill him. And we never come back around to that. I'm like, so many interesting plot threads set up and I'm like oh man I can't wait to see where we go with this one and then the answer was nowhere yep that like Luke Skywalker tossing a lightsaber over his shoulder we're just going to ignore all that <laughs> nice. Really nice I went there I said it that was that's how that went down wasn't it oh man I almost forgot but didn't never forget I guess not uh, any other thoughts on where or what you could do with a Halloween TV series? I don't know. I would just love to see at least one of the masks back in each in in a category, like at some point. I want to see. I want to see that god awful Muppet mask from Halloween Four appear somewhere in this series. I want to see Greg Nicotero's goofy face from the Halloween Five mask somewhere in the series. That's what I want to see. Did you know that? Did you know that's where the that, that that's where the five masks came from? No, no, I didn't. Boo. Greg Nicotero sculpted it on top of his life cast. His own like, life cast? Yeah. Like how wow. dare you? Like how bold do you got to be to be like, you know what? I think we're just gonna make Michael look like me. I'm gonna go give him shit this weekend. I'm gonna be like, you know what? Only five mask sucks, and it's cause of you. And also, your restaurant is just kind of mediocre. What is his restaurant? Nick and Norman's. Oh. Downtown Lexington is one of like three locations, I think. There's one in Tennessee and Atlanta, maybe. They got zombie stuff in there? No, they got pictures of like them on production. But uh, yeah, it's not like a, a Planet Hollywood with zombie stuff, which is what it was in my head. Yeah, that needs to be a full-on themed restaurant. Very Food was okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, as far okay. as the Halloween series, I don't know what could happen, but anything could happen. And I well, will definitely be watching closely. Let me end this with, of all the ideas we pitched tonight, guys, which of those would you watch? Okay, go ahead, Fletch. I want to hear it. I'd, I'd watch the... Uh... I'd watch the one about Loomis only because I 
ever since we started talking about it, a name popped into my head of who I'd want to play Loomis. And you'd oh, never get now. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm just saying you'd never get this person. You probably would never get this person to be Loomis, but I think it would be an epic series to watch. Daniel Day Lewis. No. Come on. Who knows uh, it, Jay? Who is it? Christoph Waltz. What? Okay. I'm like, hey, you my can definitely get him. <laughs> yeah, what's he got going on? Uh, that's interesting. I'm trying to picture it. I, I mean, obviously, I guess he wouldn't have to look like Donald Pleasance, but yeah, that's the problem. Is you have to take Donald Pleasance out of your head. I know that's just tough it's to, hard do. to do, especially when they got when the makeup and the look of, you know, that they got for him in Kills was on point. His voice was a little off, but hey, that dude looked like Loomis. And the oh, fact that they did it with just makeup is uh, Chef's kiss. Yes. I guess that's coming from my I've only seen one and I guess it doesn't it's not that important for me to for him to look like the original character. No, I mean and I think that's fine. I think there's and, about, you know, you you that casting is is a valid choice. Because I think like in my mind you are you're casting this person in the TV series to eventually make a movie with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you're leading, like, let's say you're building the backstory of Loomis, right, as part of the series, and then maybe you're going to, like John said, um, re relaunch the series and, like, start fresh with a reboot, then you could have that person who was playing Loomis. And while while older fans would be like, well, that's not my Loomis, like <laughs> newer fans who have only watched the series would be like, oh, yeah. So that's just why. I, I can dig it. I can dig it. I ain't mad at you. That's not my Han Solo, but anyway. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for casting, so uh, I got nothing, Jay. But uh, I wasn't. I mean, it was just like I said, it was just that one name that popped into my head. Christoph Waltz is an amazing actor, and could he play that part? Hell yes. Um, and it would be interesting to see him play a more sympathetic character because we're so used to seeing him play villains and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. I can't talk bad about that. I don't. Uh, don't have anybody else. I don't know why I keep uh, thinking of British actors either. Gotta be British. You can't have an American Loomis. Come on in. But he doesn't. I mean, he, he's not. It's but it's a British actor. But he's not doing a British accent. So it's like it's, it's kind of weird. Who's that? Sam Elliott. There you go. <laughs> That's my Loomis. He will take no shit from Michael. <laughs> I love it. Child psychiatrist. <laughs> They got some of that good sarsaparilla down the canteen. That's right. Uh, okay, so which which one would would be my idea, or which which would would I watch? I think that having this Goosebump series fresh in my mind, I'd like to see something that like intertwines several different stories that is more of an anthology type series. 
And, you know, maybe one of the episodes is Michael Myers. You know what I'm saying? But maybe yeah. one of the episodes is Season of the Witch. Or maybe one of the episodes is, you know. Why can't you, the Thorn cult and, and Silver Shamrock and, and all that exist in the same universe? Sure. Let's do it. You know, that would be interesting, I think. That's what I would, that's, that would be the one uh, I, would, I would be most interested in checking out. But with different stuff. It doesn't have to be just only what we've seen in the movies. You know what I'm saying? I think it that... It has to only be from Halloween movies. Sorry. That's all we can well, do. Fine, Let's explore yeah. an avenue when uh, we're... Uh, what's her name? Uh, um, the niece in four... Yes, let's get Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris yeah. up in here. We need to see she, her back. She becomes the killer. We need to see Josh Hardnett back. Uh, Daniel yep. Tainman, of course. Yep. Like, let's do it. Why not? Let's All have it. fun with it. Yeah. What was Josh Hartnett in? H2O. Uh, H2O. Oh. Which was one of the good ones. That's the thing that about all my movie series that I just love with a passion. There's like really good ones. There's some really bad ones too. Halloween, like Scream. Scream doesn't have anything that matches Halloween Resurrection, but there are definitely better Scream movies than there are others. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. Well, already then. There you go. What about you, John? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, If all three of these existed and I had to pick one to watch, I'd probably go with the anthology just to get something new. Because, again, like, I love Halloween, but like I said earlier, that one story is what it really does well. And we keep circling back to retelling that one story again. And, like, don't get me wrong. Could you tell it again well with a new cast and a new script and, and maybe change some things and, and tweak some stuff and update it? Sure, you could. But it's the same story we've already seen. Like, you're just retelling. Yeah. And it's, we, we talked about this in an episode a while ago, but, like, there's this weird double standard of, like, in theater, okay, right? On the stage. There's no stigma about doing your version of Hamlet or... Uh, Othello or Richard the Third, like all great actors eventually want to play those roles in a production somewhere. Yeah. There's no stigma about oh, it's the 18 billionth retelling of Hamlet. It's like, oh hey, there's a new production of Hamlet going up. Let's go watch it. But in film, it's the exact opposite. It's like, oh, you guys are out of ideas, you're just remaking this again. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't you like to see that story told with this cast and this director and, and like tweaked and updates you know like i don't understand where we kind of got that that double standard of like in on stage it's fine but in film it means that they're all being lazy like sorry it's me going off on a tangent but like i would watch a modern updated version of the original halloween story if it had a good cast and, and interesting creatives behind the screens and they were trying to again like tell that story not in 1978 but in 2023 how would that story play out um I but think that's an interesting time, comparison. Yeah, it, that, that always uh, perplexed me. You, I, I didn't mean to catch up. You were saying it at the same time. <laughs> that always perplexed me. That whole like, in stage, it's fine and great, and you know, it's like it's all, oh, did you see so and so's portrayal of this? You know, oh, he's a great Richard the Third, but like, but you do that in movies, and people like 
you know, you're out of ideas. You can't retell I, that story. It's already been told. It's like, yeah, uh, you know what, John? Sorry, up, sorry, great. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the only the big giant difference between that is is I would say the cost because you can a community theater can put on Hamlet for 150 bucks, but you know any retelling of a movie is gonna cost at least 10 million dollars. Hey, hey dude, I mean? dude, there are some Broadway productions that cost way more than anything Bloomhouse has ever spent on a movie. That is absolutely true. So I guess there's all ends of the spectrum. But, you, uh, yeah. uh, John, I was just going to say, when you brought up, why not, you know, see this version of the movie with this cast and this director? It got my wheels turning, and I'm just going to throw something weird out there at you. I want to see the Wes Anderson version of Halloween with, like, Bill Murray as Loomis. Okay, I'd watch that. You know what? I was about to tell you to F off, and then you threw out Bill Murray as Loomis, and now, Jay, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Oh, yeah, I would watch that for sure. Just quirky, weird, you know, he's just like, he's like, he's evil, he needs to die. You know, Bill Murray just like... Tonight, preferably. Wes Anderson presents... Halloween, a Michael Myers story. <laughs> Do not want Wes Anderson. No go. What's worse, Grit? Wes Anderson or A24? You know, honestly, I was trying to, you know, since this talk about A24, I'm like thinking about the movies that they've done, like, you know, Hereditary, Midsommar, the, the, the Witch, and, you know, all these different ones. And I'm like, I cannot even begin to comprehend what that would look like what an a24 halloween would look like like i'm kind of really interested but i don't know i don't know i don't think it would be good i don't think it would. <laughs> it is the right approach but maybe i would be wrong but overall i'm, I'm glad that miramax got you know got the license instead of a24 that's for sure uh, I don't know if they were actually in the running. It was kind of rumored, but uh, I would have loved to see Bloomhouse get their hands on the property. Uh, yeah, because I know they had a hand in the last few movies. But like to me, they're the best game in horror right now. They're, yeah, they are. They're at least the most consistent. Yeah, I think the 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 big names in horror right now are, are thanks to Bloomhouse for sure. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson and Bloomhouse together could make an amazing Halloween movie. <laughs> Which actor from the Wes Anderson staple of actors, Jay, plays Laurie Strode? Uh, I guess I... Kate Blanchett? Yes. No, it's... uh, What's that dude's name? Dang it. Who's the guy that was like in... uh, Luke Wilson. I can picture his face. (laughs) No, Luke Wilson's Michael Myers. It's just a mask of him. It's a Luke Wilson mask but he's, on top of Luke Wilson. He's wearing it himself, yeah. Uh-huh. And then wow. Owen Wilson pops up. Like, Owen Wilson pops up and he's like, wow, it's Michael Myers, wow. Well, it's funny yeah. because uh, Luke Wilson played Billy Loomis in Stab in Scream 2. So let's just deal with that for a minute. <laughs> you got that Leave going it to for Grit you. to bring our Halloween episode back to Scream. That's it. That's how I do. You guys like this knife I found in the kitchen? Oh, man. Ka-chow. Wait. 
So he says, I'm going to stab the people. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. Wow. Wow. I can't believe you stabbed that guy in the face. Wow. God damn it, Jay. Now I can't stop thinking about a Wes Anderson Halloween movie. I want any part I, of what that. What happened? But it's like like when you like bite the inside of your lip and you know you should leave it alone, but you can't quit tonguing at it. I, I can't quit picking at this. I can't, like, <laughs> no, it's going to be terrible, but I can't quit thinking about it. It's intriguing, but I he's don't just, like it. <laughs> he's just driving around in the station wagon with the mask up, looking around. He's like, what is that address for that house again? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a real car. It's a fake car on like a stage that because Wes Anderson, yes, everything's a tableau, you know. He's hilarious. That there guy. you go. Jeff Goldblum could be. Oh no, you already, you already had uh, uh, Bill Murray's Loomis. Never mind. Ever seen that? Although now could 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 Loomis be a different actor in every scene he's in? So we can have like Bill yes. Murray and Jeff go, Goldblum. <laughs> go back and forth between Jeff Goldblum and go, Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray and Ben Just, Stiller for some reason and uh uh Ray Fiennes and I'm trying to think of all the big name actors he used. Is, is Gene Hackman still alive? Gene Hackman. He's barely alive. But Gene yeah, Hackman. He's, he's still alive. For one scene. <laughs> and then Kate Blanchett for one scene randomly because why not? <laughs> Okay, now we're good. There you go. There's our our ideas. Uh, uh, Miramax, if you're listening, we work cheap. Um, give us a call. We'll develop the series for you. But those are our ideas on what a Halloween TV series could look like. We're still a little confused by the whole shared universe idea, but we're willing to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, we watch it closely. <laughs> Yes, we will be. And maybe this time next year we'll be back to talk about the first Halloween series on whatever streaming network it inevitably ends up on. Uh, but when we do, we'll be here to talk about it. Or when it does, we'll be here to talk about it. Uh, let us know which of these ideas you would watch. Do you have an idea you think would be cool that we didn't bring up? Let us know. Otherwise, until next time, ladies and gentlemen and others, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.